To what's right, Sam Rajovsky here. Moments ago, moments ago, friends, we had some news come down from the jury in the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard case. Here is what that sounded like. Members of the jury, if this is your verdict, please answer yes. If this is not your verdict, please answer no. Juror number six. Juror number 10. Yes. Juror number 15. Yes. Juror number 16. Yes. Juror, juror number 22. Yes. Juror number 27. Yes. Juror number 29. Yes. Right. I do find that the jury's verdict is unanimous. Boom. And like that, the Me Too movement was dealt a blow. You remember not that long ago, Amber Heard was the darling of a movement in this country to single out wealthy, powerful men who ostensibly abused that power and authority to um, take advantage, so to speak, of, uh, of ladies. And this here, to me, by the way, ten, the jury awarded uh, $15 million dollars. 10 million plus 5 million in punitives. A Virginia law unfortunately caps punitive damages at 350,000. So the actual verdict awarded Amber Heard was $10.35 million. In her counterclaim to Johnny Depp, she was awarded a mere $2 million. So net in all of this is a positive verdict for Johnny Depp and not so great of a verdict for Amber Heard. It could not come at a more interesting day in the news. And again, you're listening to News Talk 840 KXNT. Sam Rajovsky here, the What's Right program, here with you 2 to 3 p.m. every weekday. There is a, well, this morning I awoke to some allegations that have hit the media about Kerry Fukunaga who is the director uh, of the most recent James Bond movie. Uh, he's a guy who's had a lot of projects. He's got currently a show on Apple TV+. Plus, So he is a popular uh, director in Hollywood who's captured a certain amount of cultural zeitgeist. And he is, uh, has been accused by a formal girl, former girlfriend of his named Rochelle Vinberg of grooming her as a teenager when the two of them, uh, them allegedly dated. Now that is the headline, right? So I saw that headline, I immediately thought, oh my God, oh my gosh, what a, what a Hollywood perv, uh, which is, I think, a reasonable response until I learned that Vinberg, the accuser, dated this Carrie Fukunaga guy when she was between 18 and 20 years old. Now, how old is Fukunaga? He was somewhere between 38 and 42, as best as I can tell. I was not clear exactly on the age. Let's just say he was a 40-year-old guy. 
And the allegation, of course, uh, in a series of Instagram story videos that Ms. Vindberg put out is that Mr. Fukunaga groomed her as a young woman. Now, I have, and I had producer Macy here, put together a compilation of the audio of these Instagram videos that Ms. Vindberg put out, because I always think it's very important that we go to the source of this. And the reason is that why this is so important, coming out on the day that we have a jury of 12 Americans repudiate Amber Heard for her BS accusations against Johnny Depp. The reason this is so important is we have to, as a country, begin to get a grip on what abuse is. Because misusing and abusing the word abuse, the word manipulation even, certainly the word grooming, invites, I think, one, a devaluation of actual abuse, of actual grooming, and also threatens the sum of progress that feminism and the movement for equality in this country has produced. So Miss Vinberg, just to give you a little bit of background, she is uh, lives in L.A. I presume she was a skateboarder of sorts. Not sure if of any repute, but at any rate, she was at a skateboard park when she was approached not by Mr. Fukunaga, who is a famous director, but by a scouting talent agent who said, hey, I got a role in a movie for you. And he doesn't play a role in this, right? He just is someone who professionally works to, uh, you know, to find talent. So she ends up in a, in, a, in a place where she's professionally interacting with Mr. Fukunaga. And Mr. Fukunaga asks her out, and they ultimately date for a period of time, which, as I understand it from the timeline, is one to two years. So this was not a date that went wrong. This was not a series of dates that went wrong. This is for, as I think, from what I can gather here, a relationship that clearly went wrong. But more on that in a minute. So this scouting agent, he brings her over. He, she meets Mr. Fukunaga in a professional setting. They end up dating. And eventually they break up. And she begins recently posting videos on her Instagram profile about how this relationship went wrong and expressing a certain amount of, shall we say, displeasure with her ex. And here is a sample of those posts. By the way, we had to edit a tremendous amount of this out for salty language that does not quite work on the family station that we are here. So bear with us. This, though, is a very solid sampling of what Ms. Vinberg was alleging. I'm so close to exposing this guy because he's someone that's like literally dangerous, horrible, and he's out here like, I care about women. Another reason why I decided to kind of expose him is because I'm someone who like 
I, I feel like I'm supposed to represent women and I can't live with my, I would never be able to live with myself. This guy was roaming free. One thing that was really weird about him was he would tell me to pretend that I was his like cousin or, or niece or sister in front of other people. Like he would want me to lie about who I was. Regardless, I just decided that today was the day to say something because I've been, you know, dealing with this for like two years and it was, it was horrible. Like I've been in therapy for a year I had I was diagnosed with PTSD from this guy. Creepy thing that Carrie does. He likes to give girls tattoos. He gave me this tattoo when I was 18 years old, um, and it's something he likes to do to to the girls. He's done. It's like his way of marking women. It's so, it's bizarre, um, and it just really made me look back at our history as friends, as you know what happened, and it's just like unacceptable behavior. Meeting this kind of person in a professional setting, and then it turns into what it turned into, and that's why grooming is so dangerous especially in these spaces where there's power dynamics and you know there's opportunities and there's like you know star power whatever so i read this story and i listen to her first person account of everything going on and i immediately have a visceral reaction the hairs on the back of my neck go up and that's because friends i prepare material every day here on this program to educate you about what's going on in this country. And this is uh, phenomenally relevant to all of us because one of the things that the left loves to do is, I don't know, I call it semantic warfare, right? They, they take words and they change, they fundamentally change their meaning. Now grooming, the word grooming, and this is what she says about it here, you just heard it, right? She calls it grooming. She says, and that's why grooming is so dangerous, especially in these spaces where there's power dynamics, power dynamics, and there's opportunities, and there's like star power or whatever. Now, grooming, of course, is the criminal activity of becoming friends with a child in order to try to persuade that child to have a sexual relationship, right? It is a term that is defined associated with pedophilia. Pedophilia, of course, has a legal definition in society, which is the unlawful sexual relations between an adult and child. Now, I'm a lawyer, and I look at everything legally, and I, I certainly believe that words mean things. I don't just believe that. I know that because they do. In law, language matters. In fact, when you're an attorney, a lot of language ends up becoming quite mathematical. You know, ors change the meaning of laws versus ands, things like that. They matter. So when you define things like grooming, like adult, like minor, they have technical definitions. And I understand we live in a world right now where particularly the left, wants to make definitions as fungible and as mutable as possible. Now, not all of them, of course, but some of them. For example, that's my greatest issue right now with the transgender movement. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, immutable characteristics become highly changeable, and protected classes suddenly legally can be changed, can be altered. And I've talked about that extensively here. But setting all that aside, I look at this and I go, this adult 
woman, albeit a teenager, decides to date a guy that's 40. And he happens to be, I don't know, a famous director. And no one in this story, no one, and I am, this, I read this originally in the New York Post, vulture.com. They put out a story on this as well. Uh, and it's being picked up, and it, 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 is, it is promising to be, I think, a fairly prominent piece of news that is circulating around right now about this director and threatens to upend his career. And no one is asking, why is an adult, an 18-year-old young woman, complaining about being groomed? And why are we, in particular the news and reporters, picking up on this? They're both adults. Adulthood means something. But the bigger issue is that we are literally amidst a crisis of fragility in this country. We have gone to such great lengths to embrace victimhood. And the Me Too movement has gone to such an extreme that no longer are we concerning ourselves just, and I'm not going to say the word just, actually the word is exclusively, with true victims of sexual violence. We are now broadening this out and beyond to basically gals that had bad experiences with boyfriends. And I don't know about you if you've dated out there in the world, but there are some real creeps out there, men and women. I had a law partner once who dated a crazy girl who burned his car to the ground. I, I don't know what that's all about. I wasn't there for it. She sure, sure sounds crazy to me. Is he a victim of something? Is he a victim of grooming because he had a a crazy person that he was in a relationship with. I, I mean, I mean it, it's absurd when turned around. But the biggest problem with this is, is that for years and years and years, correctly, the American feminism movement was one that sought equality between men and women. And today in 2022, this new type of feminism is looking to create, I don't know, is this subclass of victim-prone, lesser, weaker women that can't stand up to or enable to stand up to men in certain situations. And it is extremely dangerous. I say this as a father of two girls. This is not the world that I want my daughter's living up with. We come back more on this and a quote from a tremendously famous influential feminist that I respect deeply. And, you know, it's almost as if years ago she was speaking directly to this controversy. You're going to love this. Don't go anywhere. 
This is the What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. Accountability after an accident means more than just a settlement check. It means getting you back to 100%. We hold the insurance company accountable for what they owe you. Call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. Welcome back. You're listening to News Talk 840 KXNT. Sam Rajoski here, the What's Right Show, weekdays 2 to 3 p.m. Right here on this station, coming to you loud and clear from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, where it's not too hot yet. Thank goodness. All right. A little bit of common sense as I am wont to give here on this program from time to time. You know... I saw this article that I was talking about just before the break. Uh, this director, this Hollywood director, Kerry Fukunaga. Now, this is a guy, by the way. He's now accused of grooming an adult woman that he had a relationship with. And she's accused him with inappropriate behavior. Uh, basically, he picked up on her. He was 40. She was 18. They dated. It didn't go well. Because, and I'm, by the way, I am willing to give her everything. I am willing to accept that this guy, Fukunaga, is a total creep. (laughs) I'll I'll give it to her. By the way, this is one of those guys that walks around and he's always talking about women's rights. He's using all the catchphrases. He's the guy who wanted, set out even, to make the new Bond movie more woke. And... So he talks the talk. He's one of these Hollywood types that says what he says to get points in Hollywood. And then privately, you know, he acts like a guy. And what do I mean by that? There's no allegation here that he he raped anyone. There's no advantage uh, allegation he took advantage of anybody that that he did anything illegal. There, I'll say that. There's no allegation of any illegality. The only allegation is that he, quote-unquote, groomed this 18-year-old woman that he made her, gave her PTSD from the relationship. No, this is her exact quote. Because I've been dealing with this guy for two years, and it was horrible. I've been in therapy for years. A year, I was diagnosed with PTSD from this guy. I, I have to step back from this, and I have to think, what would I tell my daughter? My daughter, my oldest is 11, my youngest is 9. I love my girls more than anything in the world. If you know me, you know what I mean. Number one, the first duty that I have as a father is to warn my daughters of all the creeps in the world, first and foremost. Number two, I have to to set them up in a way in life that doesn't make, that makes the road easier because I've warned them about the road being bumpy. I can't do anything to make the road smooth. Do you understand what I mean by that? I can barely, as a parent, affect change and make my own daughters understand where they're coming, you know, what, what lies ahead. 
can barely do that. I can't affect what happens out there. And so this, this idea that the world is a piece of cake and that people are good people out there is, is, is insane to me. So there's a direct correlation between this and the workplace and how we exist in the world of commerce. Maybe you own a small business, maybe you work in a business, maybe you have a maybe you are a boss or you have a boss and you have a bad boss. But this this story here, this matters to us. It matters to us here in Vegas, it matters to us wherever you are. It's important. So I'm going to continue this when we come back. Camille Paglia, I want to share with you her quote. Uh, she is a tremendous feminist and has some wisdom about this. You're listening to What's Right. Sam Rajofsky here, back after this. Sam and Ash here with a What's Right PSA. If you've been hurt and a lawyer reaches out to you first, run the other way. It's unethical and honest lawyers don't do it. Don't let your lawyer choose you. If a tow truck driver, mechanic, or anyone at the ER tells you which injury lawyer to hire, chances are that person has a shady deal with the lawyer. Don't risk your future with a crooked lawyer. Choose the law firm you know you can trust. Call us 702-820-1234 or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. Rarely wrong, always right. Nevada's favorite recovering Californian, Sam Rajofsky here. You're listening to The What's Right Show. News Talk 840 KXNT. Uh, with today's news, right, I know, Johnny Depp more or less, well, no, he did. He won his case. Uh, We had Amber Heard win a nominal victory of $2 million against Johnny's 10.350. Should have been 15. There's a cap in the jurisdiction where the case took place of 350K on punitive damages. That's why it's 10.35. Very pleased with this result because everyone got to see that Amber Heard is a lying sack of crap. Now, why is this relevant? Why does this matter beyond this microcosm of Johnny Depp? Because everyone now is wrapped up in this courtroom pornography, right? Everyone is wrapped up in this case. And the consensus out there is what a lying cow, right? The, every, I don't, have you run into anyone that is on Team Herd? No, everyone's on Team Depp. But a mere two years ago, everyone was on Team Amber Heard, and the reason for it was the Me Too movement, where the mantra was believe all women. And I, rather unpopularly, given the fact that I'm an attorney, and I believe in something called due process, understood that allegations alone are not, well, they're not, they're not, conviction-worthy proof, right? An allegation is an allegation. So when I come across allegations that on their face, right, even if we prove every single allegation doesn't amount to anything criminal and probably nothing even, I don't know, morally reprehensible, I'm left scratching my head. And that's precisely this news today, breaking this morning against Carrie Fukunaga, who is a director, Hollywood director, who is most famous for the most recent Bond movie. He's got a project with Apple. Apple, right? Very woke company, so they are watching this very closely. And uh, one woman in particular that used to date him accused him of grooming her. Of course, she was already 18. 
by way of uh, reference, folks, you can be 17 and with your parents' permission, join the military and sign a four-year contract. So wrap your heads around that. 17-year-olds join the military. By the time you're 18, go off and die for your country. But you can be groomed if you date a man twice your age. I am perplexed by this. So I, of course, listened to what this gal had to say. I played it earlier. If you missed it, you'll want to grab the podcast either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Look for What's Right Show. And under What's Right Show, you'll find us. Please subscribe. Play the first part of the program. I have succinctly recorded and condensed down, uh, minus the bad, bad language, what this lady was writing on her Instagram or saying on her Instagram feed. But But look. I read this, and I read this as a giant step back for feminism. For feminism, Because I grew up in a world where women sought and demanded, rightfully so, equality. I grew up in a home with a strong maternal figure. Those of you who know my mother know she is a remarkable scientist. She was, my entire childhood, our family breadwinner. Frankly, and I say this with all due respect to my father, she ran and continues to run that household. I am talking to you as a lawyer with a strong, brilliant female partner. I mean, I don't need to give you any of my bona fides here as a man who recognizes the equality between men and women. Well, sometimes we'll even admit to some degree of superiority of women. <laughs> Probably mostly in the common sense department, but that's for another time. So I am bewildered when women suddenly, as part of a whole movement, as part of a, 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 a yeah, a movement, a mass hysteria, want to suddenly turn themselves into victims. It does so much disservice to actual victims of abuse and rape. So this gal dated him. It was a dating relationship that did not go well, presumably because he was a creep. I'm fine giving her that. But now she claims to have PTSD. She's railing against him and going public with it. Now, what I love, I, I'm a huge fan of Camille Paglia. If you follow her, read any of her books, she is... Uh, a great living intellectual, and of course, a, a legendary feminist. And Camille Paglia now, for, for, for her entire career, I would say, was a very much a left-wing person. Of course, the left wing in this country has readjusted so dramatically that, that now Camille Paglia finds herself as a, almost a reactionary conservative in some of the things that she says. And... Here is a conversation with Martha McCallum. This is all the way back in October of 2018. And Camille Paglia, remind, reminding you, back in 2018, we were in the throes of the Me Too movement, early stages. The, the hysteria was spreading across the country. And Paglia tries to explain why the Me Too movement is dividing the nation, why women are claiming the victim status over and over again. 
And in this particular exchange, she's, she has something to say. Martha asks a question, Martha McCallum, and Camille answers. I want you to listen to this very closely. Excellent stuff. And we're, now we're back again to victim feminism. I think that this is, this is not helping women to define them as weak and vulnerable vis-a-vis -vis men. What do you, how do you describe victim feminism? Well, I, 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 I'm an equity feminist. Mm -hmm. I demand equality of opportunity in the professional and political realms. But unfortunately, victim feminism is all about defining women as, as eternally vulnerable, requiring special protections. And uh, this kind of feminism is shot through with anti-male bias and even hatred. I think it's neurotic, uh, bordering on, on psychotic sometimes. Yeah, agree with her 100%. And right before the break, I was mentioning my two daughters, 11 and 9. So what do I tell them? Do I tell them that this world is a cush world where there are no creepy men that will attempt to date them when they turn 18, 19, 20? That will try to get them to do weird things, not nice things? No. I have to prepare them for this. But in no world do I want my daughters to be victim feminists. I want them to be equity feminists. I want them to be strong, independent, bulletproof young women. And by the way, this comes from two things. It comes from strong fathers. And we talked a lot about this last week with the shooting in Texas. Young men need strong fathers. They need parents together in a home, nuclear families. And if parents can't be together, well, dads, you better buckle up because your new girlfriend is not worth your time away from your kids. You made kids? Guess what? They're your responsibility. And women? Moms? There's a divorce. Make sure your ex, even if you don't like him, is still a part of your kids' lives. But young men, just as young men need their dads, young women need their dads. And I listened to this Rochelle Vinberg whining about this guy. She's literally in counseling over this relationship. Two years in, she's making it a criminal case, not a criminal case. She's literally trying to ruin this guy's career. She's so affected by it. At what point do we have a spine. And by the way, she goes, she, this was my favorite part. She complains about the guy being this rich, powerful guy in an unequal power dynamic. How many times have you heard that? Unequal power dynamic. Can you think of anything more diminishing to equity feminism than complaining about a man being more powerful than you? Let that sink in. Now, I had an interesting conversation today at lunch with a close friend of mine here in town who runs uh, something, uh, a group, an organization called the Las Vegas Business Academy. And this is a, I describe it as a finishing school for grad students. This is a program here in town that is phenomenal. And I urge you to look into it because what they do is they take grad students, for example, people who've gone to law school, people who've gone to and then get an MBA, business school, and whatnot. And they, they put them through a rigorous program that teaches them how to be grown-ups. 
which used to be something that schools taught, but schools have been beset by political correctness, so they don't do this anymore. People leave law school now and have had their feelings accommodated. When even not that long ago, I went to law school, I still had professors that made us cry. Well, not me, but uh, certainly other people in, in the class. Why? Because they knew that eventually we'd be in front of a federal district court judge who would surely make us cry. <laughs> so better that you learn it in law school before you get out there in the real world and wilt under the pressure of reality. But our society right now is into the postponement of that. We want to postpone reality. We want to create a fake artificial fantasy land reality. This young woman complaining about being groomed by a man. I mean, basically, she's an aspiring starlet who wants to have a, a relationship with the Hollywood director. I mean, that's a tale as old as time. Suddenly, what gold diggers are grooming victims, right? That's, that's where we're at. What was her motive? What did she expect to get from this relationship? Would she still date him if he was poor and powerless? And yet she's complaining about the unequal power dynamics. So that brings me to where this, all of this matters for working relationships. See, I think, friends, there is an enormous divide between what we're allowed to say and what we say. And you know this, right? Because you listen to this program and you hear what I say and you go, yes, Sam is right. Which I know, of course, I am right. Wisdom comes from behind this microphone. I've been around. I, I get it. And then you go when you get to your job and you got to kind of put a lid on it, right? Got to put a lid on it. And so you have companies all across the valley here in Las Vegas and all across the country. They say that they want certain things. What do they say that they want? When you look at the job postings now, today's June 1, so everything is covered in rainbows. But even not in June, what do they want? They want diversity and they want, you know, they want, you know, a background with trouble in it and, you know, and, and overcoming challenges and obstacles and this and that. That's what they say that they want. Do you know what employers actually want? Well, if they're smart, if they care about making money, they want you to do your God gosh darn job. That's all that they want. And that brings me back to why I'm on the board now of this Las Vegas Business Academy and talking to my friend Reno, who started it, and why I think it's such a phenomenal organization here in the Valley is because they teach young professionals how to be grown-ups. They do what their parents should have done, in some cases did, of course, and certainly what their schools that they paid $50,000 a year to attend should have done, but don't anymore. I mean, you go to business school now and it's all feelings and how do you, and trust falls. You know, that's when you stand up and you fall backwards and somebody catches you and I mean, you, you hope they've got a good reflex, otherwise you're dead. Uh, that kind of stuff goes on in business schools. And if you've been in business school recently, you're, you're laughing right now because you know I'm right. Nowhere do they say, hey, listen, your boss might scream at you. 
ladies, your boss might try to date you. Here's how you deal with it. Say no. Or, you know, deal with it. There might be other awkward situations, right? You're going to have a coworker that's going through crisis. You might have all sorts of things come at you and you've got to come out on top. The greatest lie told to now two generations, maybe three of Americans is that there is a social currency in being weak, in being a victim. I describe this to people as, the, as beta America versus alpha America. The libs, in every sense of the word, they want us to be beta Americans. They don't want us to lead on the, on the international stage. They want us to be subservient to a world order, to be part of a globalization movement, to be just one voice among many in a panoply of international consensus. The idea of Reagan's and Trump's alpha America disgusts them. And the same certainly is true for how we conduct ourselves. Nobody wants an alpha anymore. And it's associated with patriarchy, with male dominance, all those bad words. But guess what? I, as a father of two young women, wow, they're not women yet. My 11-year-old's turning into one, but they're getting there. My 11-year-old and my 9-year-old, I'm going to tell, I want you to be alpha women. I want you to be equity feminists and not victim feminists. And it's high time we begin to, we stop rewarding people for whining like this. And we say, listen, honey, you're in a bad relationship. It's happened to all of us. Grow the hell up. You're listening to What's Right with Sam Marjofsky back right after this. Live from the entertainment capital of the world, beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, Sam Marjofsky here. You're listening to What's Right show, News Talk 840 KXNT. Yesterday, maybe the day before, Biden, when speaking extemporaneously, <laughs> being the key word, off the cuff about gun control measures opine that it was perhaps not a good idea that we have nine millimeter handguns. Now, the audio of it is nothing short of terrible. He was speaking in front of Marine One, which is the presidential helicopter. So I'm not going to I'm not going to deafen you with that soundtrack. But he basically said, look, we don't really need who needs a nine millimeter gun. This is come on, man. We don't need this. Of course, today, the powers that actually control the White House walked back those comments, saying that's not what the president really means. Now, that was today. Yesterday, a piece came out in NBC News. This is, by the way, you know it's bad when it comes out in NBC News, right? Inside a Biden White House adrift is... <laughs> the title of the piece. Uh-oh. Amid a rolling series of calamities and sinking approval ratings, the president's feeling lately is that he just can't catch a break. Really? 
when you read on through the article, the general consensus is that Biden is so frustrated that all of his comments are being walked back by the people managing him, that he is upset that he is being contradicted. The uh, Ron Klain, by the way, who's the the head of the White House right now. You could almost think of him de facto as the president because he's the chief of staff. He's been uh, with uh, Biden since the Obama administration. There's actually talk of him being ousted, okay? There's a sense, uh, a lot of senior advisors are are leaving, but he's absolutely frustrated that he's being contradicted, meaning him being Biden and most often by Ron Klain. He's also been telling people that he's the president. (laughs) This is terrible. This is absolutely terrible. Speaking of Alpha America and Beta America, Alpha America is who the world looks to for stability, continuity, and peace. And at the end of end at the head of it right now, we have a a senile man who's walking around the West Wing, going, "Hey, hey, hey! Wait a minute! I'm in. I'm still in control here. Uh, don't forget, I'm I'm the president. I'm the president, man. Come on, man! I'm the president." And you have apologetic pieces like this in the NBC and put out by NBC News, saying that uh, Biden's just annoyed that he wasn't told about these problems. This is not good, friends. Signs of greater turmoil within. What's right? Sam Rajovsky here. I'll be back tomorrow at 2. Don't miss it. Podcast, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. See you there.